Specifically, men seeing mommy kissing Santa Claus that makes them go mm. nuts. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. She can Maybe live her time. adult life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think I think the last until this Christmas, but the last three before, I don't don't open until Christmas. I started right. and be like, oh, why is this title not stick with me? And the plot synopsis is real mm. vague, like. Killer at Christmas terrorizes London. Right. Okay. I'm going to watch the the Good Black Christmas tomorrow yeah, night. Oh, definitely. It's my Christmas Eve uh, tradition. I'm going to watch Christmas Evil, of course, <laughs> and then uh, probably Black Christmas. You know, this banter is too good to edit out, so I'm just going to keep it an intro now. Oh, this is the best banter we've had. Yeah, we're at the end of the year. You know. Before I do the action. I do save up the best bits till the end of the year. Oh, <laughs> well, sure. You know, then it's it's like, hey, that, that that last one of the year is a gem. Why don't they do that all year long? <laughs> we just can't. We can't well, keep it up. Let me intro this and then I'm going to let the listeners know. Put the intro at the end for once. I know so we really should. Outro. That if, was. You have been listening to. Yes. You, you've just listened to another episode of Chewing yeah. the Scenery. Listeners, this is Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're a podcast that talks about a horror movie or several. And first we talk about recently watched. And um, we're just going to spoil all of it. So, you know, if, if you don't watch things, but you listen to podcasts about them, I don't know what you're doing with your life. We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you could buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. Um, we're not professional critics. We're your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Or whatever you celebrate. Or do you have to really say you celebrate Christmas, although you participate in it? Are you celebrating it? Are you observing it? Do you believe everything it's selling you? Yes, all of it. Yeah, there's there's some history there that uh, we don't even need to talk about that. Do we? I have no supernatural beliefs, so yeah, but I, I like the festivities. Yeah, same. But here's the thing. Okay, is it a chance to get together and drink? It was a yeah, yeah. Of course. Then that's good enough. It was a sales ploy to say, "Hey, pagans, look, come on over here, and you can keep most of your stuff." But well, we want you to believe this other thing. But you get to keep all your parties well, and they, stuff. They changed almost every pagan holiday except for May Day. Yeah, right? The, that's the only one that doesn't have a Christian overlay. Yeah, and Easter was close enough. So, you know, you got your f- fertility rituals in there anyway. You know, if you don't know why the eggs and why the bunnies, I just told you. 
I hope we didn't blow any minds of our listeners because I, I like to think our listeners are really sharp. Cheese is hatched from an egg, right? <laughs> well, which came first is the theological question that I think uh, the theologians have never Christ successfully. Christ the egg, what came first? <laughs> Clearly the egg. <laughs> well, yeah. That's like uh, when you think of uh, when in history would you like to be a fly on the wall? I'd like to be when Mary told Joseph that she was pregnant. That would have been a good one. How did she convince him that was, must just, you know, been a hell of a charmer there, Mary. Spun a good story. Yeah. He was just so desperate to believe it. How old do you suppose she was? Till he told the first group of people, his mates, that you know what had happened. Yeah. And about halfway through the story, he's like, "Oh, wait a minute." <laughs> they took the dog to a farm upstate. Now that I say it out loud, I realize. Wow. I I I was kidding. I gotta go. <laughs> right. Do you think people in biblical times were all like in their teens? Yeah. Always, even the old ones. <laughs> They're radical teens. Yeah. People didn't get old till the Middle Ages. That's true. Everyone died young. And then everybody was old in the Middle Ages. Yeah. They were middle-aged. <laughs> they were middle-aged, Because yeah. all the mud was in the creases of their face. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's good for your skin. Mm-hmm. You probably look oh, yeah. very Once youthful. they washed off, they looked lovely. Yeah. You just never washed off. They didn't believe in washing, and they didn't have any means to do it. Wow, what's this show about, you might ask? Filth through the ages. Yes. Um, All sorts, mental, physical, moral. Sacrilege, filth. filth. We're going to cover it all on the show today. Uh, It's Christmas. Yeah, this is... Every week we cover another type of filth. (laughs) That's that's our other podcast. Types of filth. Filthy Uh, mouth. Ooh. Yeah. Um... This is Christmas Today. Eve Eve. This is the 23rd. This is when the veil is second most thinnest <laughs> <laughs> to, to the Christmassy side. Yes. The elves are coming through from the other side. Yeah. When, you know, rotund Turkish men can poke through the veil and come into your house and leave things. Yeah. And take things. Take your cookies. Yeah. And kiss your mother. <laughs> take your sanity. No. Must kill. <laughs> yeah. It, Puts people Here, over the edge, doesn't Johnny, it? Johnny, go play with this. Yeah. Your mom and I got to go talk. Yeah, we're going to talk about Christmas stuff. So, uh, what are you guys doing for uh, celebrations and festivities? Anything? Watching movies. Yeah. I mean, what else? Coffee and Bailey's all day. I don't know. Yeah, we just did the big employee party at work, and we're not... Uh, <clears throat> it's when... great that you celebrate that one big employee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big big Jeff. <laughs> big Jeff. Uh, Steve's pretty good. Yeah. Allows you to call him Big Jeff. <laughs> right. You throw him that party every year. Anywho. Uh, no, we, we have uh, an employee party at the end of the year where we have a winter carnival of sorts. We have games and prizes and, and one employee gets food. fired. Mm, even if they get drunk, they don't get fired. And they all get drunk. I meant like one of the games on the big planchetto board you built. Yeah, yeah, that would that would actually uh, like a non-lethal squid squid game. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it does feel kind of like Squid Games. It does. You have to sneak up on the big Jeff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, <laughs> you just have to eat a squid. Whoever can eat a raw squid in the quickest amount of time. If you can, if you can drink booze. Whoever t- is the slowest or gags gets fired. Yeah. If you can drink booze and uh, eat eat food and play games for three or four hours at work and get paid for it and win prizes that include cash. That, that's a pretty good afternoon at work. Yeah. And then you don't come back until after the new year. That sounds great. Yeah. End of year parties in, in Japan are the, the wildest I've been to. Oh yeah. Well, the, what they do is they, they have the first party where everyone goes and uh, that's, that one's pretty, you know, relaxed and it's okay. You, you and then they have the second party. There's fewer people, and uh, there's more drinking going on. By the time you get to the fifth party, it's just filth. <laughs> just filth. But the this Japanese seem seem Japanese filth. They seem as a culture to be more polite than us. Yeah. Well, what, what happened, I, when I was in uh, when I was in Wakanai, which is like the northernmost sea in Japan, it's like and it was just like uh, the. Uh, the uh, blizzard comes in and it's just there for seven months. You just mm-hmm. snow up to your midriff mm-hmm. and uh, it blowing upwards into your face. So by the time we got to the fifth party, it was just down to the people who are out of town and a couple of women. And the, if you're not from the town, then the morals don't apply to you. Apparently. Oh, interesting. Sure. And uh, so, yeah, we, we... I'm never going to see these people again. We, yeah, we got to this <laughs> skanky bar, and it was, it was like what they call a hostess bar. Uh-huh. But it was really skanky. And uh, there's all sorts of things going on inside. And basically, I was just sitting between everyone else and the the office lady who was, who was left for some reason. She hadn't, like, escaped with all the others. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I won't go into the details, but anyway, she kept her safe. She she was really drunk, and then um, uh, wanted to get her home. So um, she, uh, but um, so she said she was really, really, really drunk. Got in a taxi, and uh, got back to my place. You know, this is like some hour in the morning. Yeah, blizzard going on, and. Um, knock on the door, open the door, and she's there, and she by this time she's covered in several inches of snow, <laughs> falls forward. And so a catcher, um, st- stick a towel on her, stick her in front of the fire, and uh, say, all right, you better call a taxi. Yeah. She's like, oh, I really like foreign men, I really like foreign men. Mm. And uh, so, uh, so, okay, th- thanks very much. I'm not, not going to take advantage of someone like this. So she says, all right, got a taxi. She leaves. 20 minutes later, there's a knock on the door and she's she's either back or she's never gone. Oh. She's been out there. Wow. For 20 minutes. She goes, I really like foreign men. Really oh, like foreign my God. Men. No way, no way. So this time I called the taxi and made sure she got it. <laughs> she personally loaded her into the taxi. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Well, it was a Christmas miracle for her that... Uh, that that you're a better person than some would be. Oh yeah, I I, I told shudder to think. I told this story at a, a get together of the local foreigners, and uh, all the men were like, "Oh, I would have done her." <laughs> no, sure. That's that's yeah. That that's supposed to be what separates us from the animals. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you know. Jeez, I don't know if I have any any good snow stories that go that way, but. Uh, 
Yeah, it it's really funny how we live in a city here in Denver where it can snow several inches and then we get 40, 50, 60 degree days immediately after and the snow's gone. Um, where I grew up and where we moved to uh, both places, uh, Chicago and northern Idaho, once you got the snow, there it was until spring. Mm-hmm. And so when it snowed, you would shovel all of the surfaces you wanted shoveled aggressively. You would just say, all right, as soon as it starts to accumulate, I'm shoveling again. And you would get your, your driveway, your sidewalks, your porch, whatever, cleared off. And then you knew that, okay, when it stops and I clear it one last time, we're good till the next storm. But on the grass and on all the other surfaces that aren't yours to shovel, they're going to have snow and sometimes just dirty snow, depending on what else happens, yeah. um, until March or April. And that's just how it is. So I like it here because, mm-hmm. and this is one of our secrets that I just gave away. The Don't snow. come here. It's too expensive and it's full of Texans. <laughs> it's full of Texans. You see a lot of Texas license plates now. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we're sick Texas of, or Florida. We're sick of all this warm weather. Them. <laughs> for wanting to escape those states. Maybe it's all the good ones. Yeah. yeah that's what I like to think is all the people escaping. Yeah, yeah. 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 But we live here. We've lived here for years. God, I've known you guys for 20 years. You realize that? Yeah. Ish. Yeah, it's huh. pretty close. Almost, almost 20. I met you in 05. Ought 5. Ought 5, which... Back in Ought 5. Eh, so 19 years-ish. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. close enough. Yeah. Uh, feels like I've lived in Denver for 20 years, no matter how long I, I keep thinking about it. Is it. It's been 20 years? It's Three years in, you felt the same way? Yeah. Five years from now, you'll feel like it's about 20. It's 20 years, yeah. It's been 20 years. So what have you watched since we did this last? Uh, Anything good? Any any? Did you watch any more noir after November ended? No, no. I don't, I don't believe so. Maybe a couple. Oh, I should mention to the listeners... There's some episodes being dropped out of sequence. Don't freak out. That's just how it happened. You know, I'm freaking out just hearing about it. <laughs> Feel free to freak out if that's your thing. Just yeah. know the reason for it Don't is... Don't hold me back on my freak yeah, outs. It was, a, it was a busy end of year. It really was. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. there were times where it's just like, oh man, I got more episodes to edit. So no, we're not dumb. We know it's not September. Yeah. Yeah, we're fully aware, we're fully aware what month it is. Uh, maybe some of us. So, what did you watch? Uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents. Oh man, I love those. Because uh, Freebie has a channel that that's all they play. And although he presents it, doesn't mean he directed it. I don't think he directed a one. No, but uh, he did a bunch. Did he? Did he? Yeah. Uh, take that back then. Uh, he's great though. He's. You know, all he does is insult the sponsors and <laughs> and his audience and everybody else. Yeah, he makes a lot of implications that you might get yourself killed or... Yes. He, yeah. said, he had a line that he's had no interest in money except for its purchasing power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock was a different kind of dude. Yeah. Yes. We should, we should get into it more later. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you can separate the art from the artist, right? I suppose, sometimes. If you <clears> said every reprehensible... You got a sharp enough knife, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if 
if if you if you decided that every reprehensible character that ever participated in making creative stuff if you said no we can't we can't no yes it's some people have different lines like i i have some i've directors i won't watch anything by them again but i'll watch hitchcock anytime right yeah yeah like oh what's a good example roman polanski yeah i'll watch polanski yeah um he may yeah I, I can't give up chinatown it's uh, woody allen it's more than him him. yeah that's what i have to say it's Mm. yeah polanski didn't act all those parts he didn't write it he didn't it's not Mm. just polanski who made chinatown or rosemary's baby yeah rosemary's baby is my polanski movie they also happened before before his behaviors yeah that we know him for i'm not giving him any money now so on how much of that was a result of the on the extreme trauma you can't imagine yeah I, i don't the poor guys got some. I mean, he grew up in the Holocaust. Yeah, in the Second World War. Didn't see a movie till he was like seventeen or eighteen, maybe older. Wow. He had he had a piece of film strip. Yes. That somebody gave him or somebody found in the junk in the trash, and that is the first movie he saw. So like two or three frames, and he just made up stories about that. I mean. But yeah, you know, if you threw out all the artists who were reprehensible, who do you have left? Yeah, good question. Only those that were really good at hiding it or paying people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Or very bland. Yeah. I mean, I, anybody? I don't know. Yeah. Like if you have... David it, Lynch sounds pretty bland. Yeah. Like if, if, if you haven't made up your mind about what to believe about Michael Jackson... But it's like, oh, but to play it safe, I'll just listen to Pat Boone. Oh, uh, man, I I'll take my Pat chances. Pat Boone is worse than Michael Jackson. <laughs> I don't have any idea what he did or didn't do. I just uh, think of him as squeaky clean and bland. You know. The Osmonds. And any Osmonds. You get Michael Jackson or Donnie and Marie. The Osmonds, along with circus peanuts, are like a blight on humanity. <laughs> Okay, I think that's well put. <laughs> Can I keep crazy horses? Yeah, and throw the rest out. Yeah, there okay. you go. So, what were you talking? What about? have you? What watched? is this show? <laughs> what have you watched? What is the Filth. format? Filth. Yeah, uh, I want. We're doing a bit where we get Will to almost say what he watched and then sidetrack from it. <laughs> I watched. Uh, I watched a, a uh, uh, Stephen Moffat show, which can be you know a real crap shoot there mm-hmm. uh after that dracula thing i you know i just oh, that thing was so foul by the end i i've about written him off but uh i watched the inside man um or inside man perhaps there's mm-hmm. no article there uh, it's okay it's four episodes um it's a bit uh, perhaps overwrought at times, and uh, basically the premise is uh, Stanley Tucci plays a criminologist who's in prison. It's basically Sherlock in prison. Oh, yeah. And he solves crimes. Yeah, I watched some of that. And uh, yeah, it's all right. Um, he likes to play with him and mess him around a little. Yeah. yeah. I remember this. 
and uh, very, very Sherlockian yeah. sort of nonsense where he knows one guy's cuff lengths in a, briefly in a video he watched once 20 years ago. and He can recall exactly what store those were sold at. <laughs> Eidetic memory. Yeah, although they give his uh, his Watson that that skill oh. as uh, someone who has a photographic memory. Hmm. So he <clears throat> he brings him along to basically record his little, little interviews with these people. I see. <clears throat> and uh, meanwhile, that's going on. Uh, David Tennant is a vicar whose son's math tutor, and through a convoluted process, believes uh, that... Uh, Either the vicar or the son has downloaded child porn, so <laughs> he knocks her down the stairs and locks her up. Locks her up in the basement. Oh, then they go back and forth. Like, what are we gonna do with her? The second she gets out, she's gonna go to the police. I'm like, about the third time they went through this, I thought, why don't you just put the porn on her computer and then hold that against her? Mm. If you both, if she goes to the cops, you say. She's the one who put it on my computer. Here's the proof. Mutually assured destruction. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, although she's a clever psychopath who quickly gets the wife and the, and, and, uh, the vicar to kind of turn against each other, even though the wife's smart enough to realize that that's exactly what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes down that road anyway. It goes down that road anyway. It's like every, it kind of noirish in the way that everything you do <laughs> works against you in some way, no matter how well. Yeah, if there's you a planet, if there's a fork in the road, mm-hmm. whichever way you go is just as bad as yeah. the other way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're dragging out the body when your mother in law shows up at the house or something mm-hmm. unexpected, and you, oh, now I got to kill her too. <laughs> I mean, that's a bonus, but oh man, it's just more work. Mm hmm. <laughs> the wife does have a long complaint about how you can find every sexual deviancy on the internet, but there's no real good explanations on how to kill someone and get rid of their body and get away with the crime. I said she just wasn't looking hard enough. <laughs> yeah, some people just don't know how to search. Yeah. But, you know, she complained a lot about having to kill someone and it being so difficult to think it through and that the cops have all this experience and it's not fair that this is their first murder and they don't get like a practice run or anything. So when you erase your search history, it's never really erased. So why bother? Right? I guess. Like whenever somebody, you know, thinks they've done their due diligence to cover up their crime they were going to commit and then finally committed, it's like, well, when we actually got into the forensic diagnosis of the Data points. turns out he paid with his credit card because he wanted to save five <laughs> bucks. Well, it's it's always like they were searching how to cut up and dispose of a body. It's like, well, you know, they erased that history, which means when you erase it, it's never really erased. I mean, <clears throat> why would you put anything on a computer if you're planning a crime? Exactly. Why would you, you know, it's like kids who would videotape themselves committing crimes. You're like, you're more. You know that tape's getting lost the second you turn your back and someone's turning it into the cops. Why would you do that? 
Absolutely. <clears throat> so here's the thing. Don't murder anyone and, and whatever you do sexually, keep it over 18 years old. And consensual. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Filth. Right. I hope you enjoyed it. I don't know what the hell was going on most of the time, but it's par for the course. Common sense for the reprehensible. Is Common the sense for the reprehensible. Uh, don't take notes at, a, yeah. <laughs> at the meaning of a criminal enterprise or whatever that line goes. Yeah. Don't write it down. Don't type it. Yeah. Don't make voice memos. No well, dictation of any sort. Well, there's that... that bit in the wire when the all the gangs decide to get together and and form kind of an alliance and the one guy's taking notes and they're like you're taking notes at a criminal in a meeting of criminal criminal enterprises what's wrong with you yeah we're just gonna kill cyrus yeah and wait no that's what i should have looked for at the archive was warriors mm. it was right there on the front yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i could have bought it, the- it was a big box Uh i don't need that it would be like 60 bucks (laughs) yeah i don't need to spend that kind of money on one movie why not it's a warrior depends on the movie yeah you didn't get enough of it in the 90s on tbs or whatever (laughs) yeah but that's played like every weekend i saw that movie so many times it was one of those that's like i can't believe i've never heard of this movie till now and now you've seen it 17 times yeah yeah well what else did you watch uh, a lot of YouTube crap. Oh, like, uh, how to videos. No, <laughs> murder. Uh, murder. How to mostly. dispose of a body. A lot of old pardon my murders, mm. you know, uh, you know, um, proper Victorian murders and whatnot when, where you boiled your landlady, fed her the sausages to the neighborhood. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> You know, fun things like that. Yeah. Um, I think it was all the fumes from the cold from the uh, coal fire. Could that, be that made people crazy. Something it had to be something like that. Yeah, certainly wasn't the horrible social conditions. No. <laughs> and the wide divide between the haves and the have-nots. No. No. It wouldn't be that. I watched a video on, uh, where a uh, uh, history guide, I think she's a tour guide, I don't really know what her background is, but she she went through and uh, judged the historical accuracy, accuracy of the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which was good because she's like, they, they really took a lot of lines right from... Dickens. From, from Dickens, and they they seem to work really hard in getting the costumes period accurate, even for the Muppets. Wow. But then she just spends this time where she's like, do you really not have puddings in America? Is that... Because she's like, why would they take out all references to pudding in this? Like, they talk about, I don't know, Christmas cake, or I don't know what they talk about. Figgy pudding. A figgy pudding in, in the... Yeah, in the Christmas Carol, but she's like... They must have changed it because they didn't think American kids would know what a figgy pudding was. Hmm. I don't remember what the Muppets changed it to, though. Yeah, when you tell these American kids that a character is pissed, they're going to think they were annoyed. Yeah. So you just have to change it to drunk. I know. Tiny Tim was pissed most of the time. (laughs) He really was. Uh, little Shaun of the Dead reference there for anyone who didn't get that. Dickens' classic Shaun of the Dead. (laughs) 
Uh, that's came the only, out weekly, you know. That's the only line they changed uh, as far as from their script to um, actually making the movie because they knew they were going to distribute to uh, the United States. Was, um, I don't know why they changed it. I mean, we, yeah, we doesn't matter. Trust us that we'll understand. We won't understand even if you did change it. <laughs> we're dumb here, okay? <laughs> Speak slower. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you watch? God, wasn't that enough? I guess. Wasn't I enough, done enough for you people? <laughs> Watch some shit. Uh, none of it was very memorable. Well, there you have it. It must have been on Tubi. Don't badmouth Tubi like that. Jolene, what about you? What'd you watch? Uh, well, I got busy again, uh, so not, not much. I uh, got my uh, contributor's copy of The Art of the Zombie Movie. Yes. Which is this big, beautiful book written by uh, Lisa Morton, uh, who you might know from many um, commentaries and podcasts and things. Um, and, uh, you know, working on uh, the Stephen Bissett project again. Excellent. So, uh, and I've got, and I also worked on doing the Christmas quiz. Yes. Excellent. How many hours you put into that? Oh, many. <clears throat> Far too many. Far too many, yeah. Lots of research. Yeah. Books from the library coming in. (laughs) Well, you know, I think the first principle of a quiz is for the person setting the questions to get them right. Otherwise, it just makes it really tedious. (laughs) True. Hold on. Let me look that up. (laughs) Oh, hey, did you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I am... I am so sorry. All right. Um, the Force was not part of Star Trek, after all. I, anyway, moving on. It was Star something, I can't remember. Wait, didn't Dark Vader use the Force? He forced something, I think. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Uh, let's start off with something good. Uh, Nanny from 2022, directed by Nikatu Jusu. Um, have you seen this one? No. No. Um, so this is a very different beast to The Nanny from 1965. Okay. Betty Davis movie. Mm-hmm. Also excellent Hammer movie. Or The Nanny, the 90s sitcom with Fran Drescher. Oh, never saw that. Hmm. You're not missing much, I imagine. So uh, Nanny is about a Senegalese woman working for a New York couple. And uh, she's being wrenched apart internally by the pressures and microaggressions of where she is and the son and family she's left behind. Does she have a really annoying laugh? No. Okay, then it's definitely not the same thing. She's very charming. (laughs) Uh, It's got horror, romance, commentary, smart photography, interesting soundtrack. There's a cool creature, a great cast, all working together to tell the story. Layers of angst rather than going for scares, although there are few straight-up creepy scenes, including a swimming pool one strongly reminiscent of cat people. Hmm. It doesn't do the cat people thing, but there's with like the, shadows the way and... it's shot and the angles and the way it's like in the water with her and stuff. It's really ah. good. Uh, reminded me most of Atlantics, which is another... Um, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Set on the west coast of Africa. Um, this is the uh, first horror movie to win the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance. Wow. There's a milestone. And it's the feature debut of Jusu. So wow. looking forward to more of her stuff. That's really cool. And you brought up The Pool. There's a new Bloomhouse movie coming out, like The Pool. And it's people <laughs> trapped in a pool. There's some something in the drain. 
look it up. It, it looks like a parody of a horror movie. Like this oh. is a Saturday Night Live fake commercial or something. Yeah. Wow. I think yeah. Blumhouse picked this one up. Oh, okay. For distribution, whatever. But anyway, uh, so a couple of uh, vaguely Christmassy things. Uh, watched a Donkey Skin from 1970. This is a Jacques Demy film. Um, a lot of the same people who worked on um, Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a musical comedy fantasy about incest based on the Charles Perrault story <laughs> starring Catherine Deneuve and uh, Jean Marais from Beauty and the Beast. Um, Catherine Deneuve was the star of um, Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Mm-hmm. Um, the fairy godmother is played by Delphine Serig, the year before Daughters of Darkness. Oh. So if you like that one. Uh, looks lovely, laid enough for children and adults to enjoy. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you love, you've got to love those European fairy tales. There's always something <coughs> really dark going on. It's because they didn't coddle children. They knew life was brutish. Yeah. Oh, and they sometimes had to tell they coddled them a bit too much. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, so you've got the, <clears throat> this king and he's, he's like, he's so in love with his, his wife. And and then she uh, she dies of some illness. So he like searches through the kingdom for, for a woman who's as beautiful as she is. Realizes that the only woman who's as beautiful as his wife is his daughter. Yeah. Oh, so no. the rest of the movie is concerned with getting her away from him before something uh, <laughs> terrible happens. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and then I watched um, we watched um, a very Harold and Kumar Christmas from 2011, um, traditional Christmas favorite. Yeah. Originally released in 3D. Yeah, we watch this one every you know, two or three years. Yeah. Have you seen that one? I have. Okay. Yeah. I like them a lot. Yeah, that's fun stuff. Anyway, that was it. That was it. Well, uh, we finished up, for me, the rewatch, and for my wife, her first watch of The Sopranos. And uh, it's six seasons, but for listeners who aren't aware, a season used to be like 20 to 23 episodes of a thing. But not on The Sopranos. No, they did do the half season, you're right, on this. But none of the seasons were ever 20-plus episodes. They were like 10 to 13 at the most. Hmm. Are you sure about that? Yes. I know that the last season... The last season was split in two, though, so... Yeah. Yeah, so it got to like... It got like 16 or 17 episodes. I think it was 22. Was it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, um, we got to the last one last night. She hated it wasn't any good she was wasted her time not a big fan of it and uh i can see that i think i might have liked it better on the rewatch oh yeah i and in a way though since you know what's going to happen you're less invested in your disdain of certain characters (laughs) (laughs) like uh phil leotardo they introduce him and you're like oh that's right i remember this dick um it's like, doesn't he make it about four or five episodes and then get killed? And it's like, uh, no, he makes it all the way to the last episode from mm-hmm. the time they introduce him. And uh, I liked him better than Joey Pants. Yeah. His character, whatever that guy's name was, oh. Richie. No, not, no, you're thinking of Richie April. Uh, what was no, his? Something else, he had the same name? name. Were they both Richies? No, I don't think so. Anyway, it doesn't you know matter. who I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, Joe Pantaleone. Yeah. yeah, his character. Yeah, he's he seemed like he was coked up and crazy 
being rambunctious and hurting people in some scenes. Uh, he got really hung up on Gladiator for a while. Yeah. He was like fanboying out on the Ridley <laughs> Scott film. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love how kind of rambly Sopranos ended up being. It was portraying real life, you know, a bunch of dumbasses that didn't know what they were doing, but knew that they needed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We should get Gladiator 2 next year. Oh, I didn't know that. So, uh, is Russell Crowe coming back? He died in the last one, I doubt it. He could be like Obi-Wan Kenobi came back. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You know, up until too recently, (laughs) although I'm fully aware this is stupid, I never really thought Alec Guinness as being in The Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi because he was a ghost in those. (laughs) Right. It doesn't count. So it doesn't count. Somehow he wasn't in those films, but I'm like, they film him. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe they just uh, CG'd it. Yeah. They claymationed him out. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So we got through The Sopranos. Um, We watched... uh, Something called Leave the World Behind. It's uh, two hours and 20 minutes, Will, so you probably won't be watching this one. Uh, It's based on a novel. uh, Let's see. uh, By Ruman Alam. Uh, This has Julia Roberts, uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, Kevin Bacon, and some other people. Um, So this woman says, you know what? Springing this on you right now. We're going to go stay someplace. It's an Airbnb. It's going to be a weekend where we just leave the world behind and just go and be. And uh, the Ethan Hawke character is like, oh, gee, weird. Okay, um, uh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I got my filth convention this weekend. (laughs) Right. Well, she's like, shut up, pack your bag, we're going. And so they go to this really... I I guess they know each other before this. It's just... Some random person who walked up no, to him and took him. No, they're a married couple. Okay. Okay. I probably should have. I buried the headline on that one. So uh, they bring their two kids. They go to this retreat, this this little getaway for the weekend, and then some weird apocalyptic crap is vaguely happening, and they're not really sure why. But the most devastating thing that happens is no internet. All of a sudden, <sighs> yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. Like if that's murder suicide immediately, I imagine. <laughs> well, you've seen it then. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, this dude. Well, I don't know if it was middle of the night. It was it was later at night anyway. This dude walk walks up and knocks on the door, and he's like, "Hi, hi, I'm renting this Airbnb." You know, that's the funny part. I was fully like, "Yeah, this is what's going on, right?" But he's wearing like a suit or a tux or something. He's been at the opera or the ballet or some shit with his daughter and they saw some, some shit was going down. So they just rerouted, came out to the house that they own. And they said, look, we've, we'll stay in the basement or the spare room or whatever, but we need to be here because something's terrible going on out there and we don't know what it is. That's how it kind of starts out. And, uh, it goes from there. And, um, there's some twists and turns that are really interesting. Uh, watching, Nature behaving weirdly in response to certain events is always kind of fun in a movie. Uh, it's one of those. So I, I don't, 
I know at the beginning I joked that we will, that we'll go ahead and spoil everything, but I'm not going to spoil this one. I think it's worth a watch. So outside of that, I also watched a couple of brace yourselves, um, JFK conspiracy documentaries that Christmas themed one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Jack Ruby Christmas. (laughs) Oh man. I kind of love to watch that. Johnny, the red nosed assassin. (laughs) Right. Um, he was all alone at Rudolph. Yeah. I, I watched a couple new ones that I had not seen and I was like, Oh wow. I'm pretty sure I've seen this. And I was like, eh, but the Ralph uh, Baskin or <laughs> <laughs> the Rankin Bass version, Rankin Bass version of JFK. I would love that so much, <laughs> but okay. It's not going to tell you anything new or different <clears throat> to go into those documentaries, but that brings me to what JFK I, is still dead. At no matter what you think or what <laughs> happened, he is still dead at the end of it all. And if he weren't dead then, he'd be dead by now because he'd be like 101 years old. Well, with his failing health, we could assume he wouldn't have made it past 98. He'd be 106 years old this year. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, right? Uh, but then speaking of Rankin Bass, I did watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. No, 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 I lied. I bought that. (laughs) Damn it. You had me. I totally believed you. It was Last House on the Left. I mix those up every time. No, it was was a year without a Santa Claus or the year without a Santa Claus. What happened was my my Blu-ray copy of Rudolph arrived, and I was like, yay, I should watch this, and hadn't yet. But I did watch uh, uh, The Year Without a Santa Claus. Yeah. Blu-ray? That's the one that's got the Miser Brothers in oh, it. Little Puppets, Blu-ray? Does yeah. it need it? Does it need Blu-ray? No, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe the color looks better. I suppose the color could look better. Right. I'm just thinking the definition it did, is not yeah. really necessary. Like doing Blu-ray of South Park or something. Well, yeah. But I just need a functional copy of something that I thought I owned. Mm. And maybe that was in my previous life. So now I own it again. And then we were at the Archive Denver or the Archive Aurora today and I bought uh like some compilation that's got like five or six of the Rankin Bass movies. So and I have the other ones. So it's lovely. I can watch any of that stuff. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Platoon, JFK, what other? (laughs) The Rankin Bass collection. Rankin Bass and Stone collection. Yeah, the the one the one that's got the Lincoln assassination in it. Yeah, the whole song and dance number with uh, (laughs) Mary Todd and um, what's his face? Lincoln? No, the other guy, the one that shot him. John Wilkes Booth. No, not him. Oh. <laughs> Oswald? <laughs> the haberdashery clan? Yeah. Actually, Lincoln wore top hat, so we'd have to think of somebody who you'd didn't think, want top hats. You'd think he'd be safe, right? Yeah. He had a big hat. They killed him anyway. I believe early British policemen had like a reinforced top hat. Yes. They wore the peelers wore this like. Wow. 
That's crazy. I don't quite know how it was reinforced or what it was reinforced with, but... Quarter-inch steel. Yeah. <laughs> People had big, long heads back then. They did. They put it in the top hat. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer came out in 1964. Isn't that crazy? That it's that old, but looks that great. came out in 1947. It was written by a Montgomery Ward's... Uh, I don't know. No, I mean the... Uh, the, sh- the song came out in 1947. Yeah. You mean the Rankin-Bass. The Rankin-Bass special, yeah. It's only... 1964, 50- huh? Yeah. year after... JFK was assassinated. Mm-hmm. 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 It sound like a coincidence to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. why it can't be. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so if you play a Rankin-Bass like Rudolph animation mm-hmm. soundtrack over the Zapruder film. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Blow your mind. Yeah. Well, your mind was already blown. <laughs> um, all the main characters wear hats. Hmm. N- name, name a main character from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah. He well, doesn't wear a hat. He's not a human. He? He's not the human character. Oh. Or humanoid, really. Humanoid. Yeah. Uh, Hermie the Misfit Elf, hat. Sam the Snowman, hat. Yukon Wait, Cornelius. Wait, you're counting the snowman as a person? Well, he's pretty humanoid. I guess. <laughs> I mean, really. So anyway. I guess it does have man in the title. The Charlie in the Box? The Charlie in the Box. Yeah. <sighs> God damn. I know. You do, you're not a fan. You've never. Listeners who are joining us. Why? <laughs> Why? You could do so much better. I don't know, man. That's I a... think there's probably a podcast that's just dead air. <laughs> Try that one first. Yeah, sure. This is the format here is that we're just friends having a conversation. Yeah. We'll get around to horror movies at some point. People are itching to know what we thought of Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, <laughs> The Toymaker. Or It's a Wonderful Knife. 5, The Toymaker. That's right. <laughs> oh, It's so, a Wonderful Knife was so god awful. And I knew it would be no good. And it was you know, still disappointing <laughs> you know okay here's here's the funny part about this at some point in the movie i'm like okay what it, i'm trying to think of what this is reminding me of and i'm like is it like the oc what is it and then by the time i was just about to put my finger on what it reminded me of the marquee on the movie theater said um i know what you did last christmas and i'm like that's it that is it this is i know what you did last christmas that's what this movie is hmm Hmm. So they run over a Santa or something, then cover it up. I wish. Yeah, that would be. That cool. would have been more clever. No, it. But but I mean the the, the characters, the the shallow, stupid characters, and how they behave, everything. A mass so, mass killer. That's just about any serial killer slasher movie. There. Okay, I guess so. <laughs> uh, basically, the movie is starts with the end of the slasher movie. Hmm. And uh, one of the characters kills him, uh, but everybody in the town's upset the next Christmas for whatever reason. So she, she, uh, Jimmy Stewart's herself off the bridge, uh, or is going to, and then uh, uh, makes the wish that she was never born, returns to the town. The killer's been killing this whole time, and it's up to her to stop him so she can go back to her reality. Okay. 
but it's done very poorly. Yeah, it's just... Well, she, instead of realizing all the good that she's done for the town, she just realized the deaths she was preventing. It's just... It stunk on ice. Yeah. <laughs> it was no good. It was Did just, it make you cry at the end? did make me cry. It made me cry that I wasted 88 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, All right, so that's that one covered then. Do Do you want to hear what? Yeah, uh, I think so. Do you want to hear what the professionals said about it? Professionals, yes. Yeah, since we're not professional critics, as we oh, said at the okay. beginning of the show, um, the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes website, which we know is an aggregator, and an and an uh, aggravator. Aggra- aggravator as well, uh, gave it fifty four percent of seventy six critic <laughs> reviews. Uh, 54% of 76% of critics <laughs> yeah. uh, we're pos- said that they did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify that. 54% <clears throat> of 76 critics' reviews are positive, with an average rating of 5.7 out of 10. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, 5.7 is barely past halfway. Like, wouldn't that just be kind of negative if you think about it? Um, they released this in 923 theaters. Like I never heard of it until you said, Hey, there's this dumb thing streaming. Maybe I thought we it watch. was a Tubi original. Right. Um, came out in November. It, um, it made $811,000. $932. Cause it made $1 at every screen. Right. Uh, anyway, the, um, the consensus of the website Rotten Tomatoes reads, It's a Wonderful Knife takes an enthusiastic stab at holiday-themed horror comedy, even if it doesn't quite cut quite as deep as it should. Duh. Um, The weighted average gives it a 52 out of 100. So why is that mixed or average? That should just be considered negative. No, wouldn't that be like average halfway? I don't know. Zero like a, is the absolute worst, and a hundred. Okay, I, I think of you're it. You're thinking of it as like letter grades here. Yeah, because you know. Oh, okay. Um, Zero to fifty-nine is an F. You want to hear what Richard Roper had to say about it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he gave it a, a two and a half out of four, writing, As you'd expect, It's a Wonderful Knife is filled with blood-splattered twists on holiday movie tropes. Unfortunately, there are few surprises and only a handful of genuine scares, and the film suffers from subpar lighting and occasional clunky editing. It's a knife in need of some sharpening. You agree with that one? I don't know. Thinking about the whole movie's making me queasy. Yeah. Um, uh, have some more nog. Yeah. More nog. Uh, well, here's here's probably the best way anyone put it. Um, don't. <laughs> right. Uh, another critic said uh, the film is defined by overruling superfluousness. It's the sort of thing that people might be satisfied with watching from the corner of their eyes while wrapping presents. <laughs> that is exactly. Or doing the ironing. So it's like a Yule log of movies. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Except the yeah. Yule log movie from last year yeah, was, that was much that was, better. That's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, I. I I can't I can't uh, see myself ever watching it again. Mm. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe if you lose a bet, it was not good. No, not a fan. No, not a fan. 
Um, okay. So Will Will decided that, uh, you know, those Silent Night, Deadly Night movies, there's so many of them, they must be good. They keep making them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Made- Even though I had said halfway <laughs> through part three, these move, this movie series sucks. I'm never watching another. <laughs> yeah. Other than the line Garbage Day, the whole series is garbage. <laughs> I found out today they made six Home Alones. <sighs> yeah. And Macaulay Culkin was in just the first two, I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Wet Bandits were probably not in any of the later ones either. I think they were in the three of them. Yeah. And then who knows where they went from there. Yeah, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci are like, yeah, we'll take another check. Uh, one of them was like the, I think you were supposed to sympathize with the bandits for once. Yeah, well, they And did. the kid was a like an actual jerk and they were just trying to, I don't remember what they were trying to do, but they were trying to get money to save their house or their sick dog or something. <laughs> so it was a very weird uh, tone for the movie because typically you're supposed to root for the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's still doing all the terrible things he did right. to all the other, or, you know, this kid did. Yeah. The, the other kids did to other bandits. It's strange. They're no good. Anyway, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Five? Five. Yes, the Toy Maker. The Toy Maker. I watched this because it had Mickey Rooney in it. Yeah. And the, uh, wow, the scene when he first meets the little mute boy in this movie or mostly mute whatever his name is timmy tommy johnny jimmy tiny tim uh yeah tiny tommy uh wow he makes the creepiest face i think it's tom tom or tommy oh that's the scariest part of the movie um yeah when you told me his name was joe pedo Yes, Joe Petto. It's Joe Petto. Like, we get it. Geppetto. All right, fine. <sighs> Joe Petto. Yeah. So this is like a Pinocchio meets any of the other Silent Night movies. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, I've seen all of okay. these. Okay, you, you've seen all of these. Is there a through line from the first movie to the second movie? Yes. There's no through line to anything after that. They've just stickered. No, it. I don't believe so. Yeah, there's a bunch of it was it was just movies that got called that just got pulled into the franchise. They stickered yeah. over them. Yeah, yeah. Which I think was probably a better idea if they just came out with like a Christmas horror movie with the title "Silent Night, Deadly Night." It, it feels like an anthology. <laughs> yeah, one of them is basically a remake of the first one. Well, the second one is like a remake of the first one. Uh, because they pulled the first one so quickly. Yes, yes. Uh, it was only in theaters for like a week or two, but then it, then they came out the second one, and I guess they were going to just basically remake the first one mm. and tack on a little bit at the end. Right. But then they ended up expanding that part, so they ended up with like half of a remake and half of a new movie <laughs> that the character in the second half of the movie is the brother from the killer in the first movie. And he's remembering things he couldn't have either been present yes. for or been old enough to remember. Yes. He's an infant in some of the scenes and and he recalls things. And of course, he's got to dress up as Santa Claus and kill some people. So that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I don't I, I don't have any fond memories or feelings about Mickey Rooney as an actor or 
character in anything I've seen him in. To me, he was always just this little obnoxious guy that was a total spaz in a movie. And sometimes he was dancing around and singing and just, just being annoying. He was always putting on a show with Judy Garland. Yeah. yeah. They were getting the kids together to put on a show. Yeah, I mean... That needs to come back as a plot line for movies. Like the next Marvel movie, they should have to get together and put on a show. <laughs> yeah. No sky beams, no villains, just... They're just going to get together and put on a show. Tell Iron Man to learn his fucking dance steps. Yeah, you know. I think it'd be good. Yeah. Real throwback. (laughs) (laughs) I liked when Mickey Rooney was getting into like straight acting, like post musicals Mm -hmm. in the 50s. Yeah, uh, Quicksand's a pretty good noir. He's in. Yeah, his his gangster movies and uh, Bridges of Toko Ri. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I should see those. Yeah. I mean... He wears a top hat in that one, actually. Ooh. He's a helicopter pilot who wears a top hat. Wow. Well, he's short enough, it wouldn't be hitting the ceiling. (laughs) It's got the prop on the top of the top hat. (laughs) Right. He holds on to the brim. (laughs) Like the penguin. Uh Uh-huh. And he yells, Jimity Jelligers. So this one was only 87 minutes, which meant it was a great movie. It was a better movie than the other one that was 88 minutes. (laughs) I don't know that the other one was 80 minutes, but... Yeah. Oh, this movie was dreadful. Although it could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been the the other movie. Could have have been It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Um, Do you want to give it a... You think if you have a crazy Mickey Rooney Santa Claus, you could do a little bit more with it? Absolutely, absolutely. But, do, you want, do you want to give a quick uh, plot outline for the listeners? Um, a kid uh, wakes up on Christmas and walks in and sees his mom and Santa Claus. Do, uh, wait, no, <laughs> it's not Santa Claus this time. His mom and his stepdad. Like a couple of burglars break into a house, but it's always booby traps are set up, and there's this little kid played by Mickey Rooney. Actually, yes, but it was CGI'd Mickey Rooney. He was actually in his 90s when he played Kevin McAllister in the Silent Night Home Alone series. I see. Okay, I'm not confused now. No, not at all. Uh, It's based on a musical from the 40s, I believe. They put on a show at the barn at the end. (laughs) Yeah. And the Santa Claus shows up and slaughters them all. Right. Silent Night Dead Night 5. Mm, yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, little kid uh, sees, sees his stepdad get killed by a Christmas present that's delivered, uh, which is some sort of Santa Claus thing that strangles him. Yeah, it's like this uh, ball that has some cable arms that wrap around his head. And then uh, we meet his mom and... I think it's been a year, and he's traumatized about Christmas, and there's some creepy guy walking around, and then we meet... Uh, Joe Petto. Joe Petto. We meet Mickey Rooney and his son, Pino, God of the Boot, um, who's uh, a weird teenager. So they later go- find out that he's a he's not a real boy. They meet these guys because they go into the toy store. Yes. Geppetto is a toy maker. The mm-hmm. titular toy maker. Mm-hmm. 
Um, although he seems to sell nothing but pre-made mass market toys. Yeah. He's not drawing the comic books that were up on the wall. Right. I don't think. There's no indication that he was. Uh, and, and then um, the the weird son is stalking the family, showing up in their house. Yes, because he used to live there with with Geppetto. Yeah, it, it was that, that's revealed in a later visit to the yeah, and, to and the, it turns out later that Geppetto's wife and unborn son were killed in a car wreck. I think on Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas time. Um, he never got over it. Yeah. You know, a year or two later, never got over it. A couple weeks, you know, you should be fine. So this is apparently years in the past. <laughs> Put on in a the show, past. you forget it all. Yeah. But this is apparently years in the, in the past. And now they live, yeah, they live above been... the toy store, we're to assume. Yeah, although I think the kid, Pino, lives in the basement. Yeah. Where he's locked in the basement. Like an animal. Like an animal or a robot. Or a robot, you say. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so and, apparently uh, Joe Petto can make anything. And so then... Uh, Why doesn't he just make his dead wife over again? You don't want to see that cut in the movie. <laughs> Are you sure? That's for the other podcast. Yeah, that's for the filth podcast. It's not good. Wow. Um, yeah, there's somebody who appears to be stalking the mom and the little boy. Um, we don't really know what his story is. He shows up at the toy store and buys a bunch of toys, but then he's giving them out, uh, to people. And he gives one to the hotel owner who's, uh, threatening to kick him out for non-payment. So he gives him a toy and the, the, uh. Hotel manager's like, okay, great, I'll give you another day or whatever. And then the toy crawls out of its packaging and kills him <laughs> while he yep. drives home. And his car flips over and explodes like a neutron bomb. <laughs> <laughs> What's great is he's laughing at the thing. And the, the actor sounds so... He's just trying his darndest just to get through. He's like, ah... Well, look at that crazy thing. Ah, look at it. It's this worm toy that's crawling on the front seat towards him. Yeah. Where's the off button? It's like, this guy's punched the clock and was just trying to get through the scene. Yeah, it was a union job, apparently. Yeah. Uh, yada, yada, yada. One of the first things I had learned about from American movies is that American cars turn into fireballs you know they just nudge, yeah. a, nudge a curb or something that's what ralph nader was talking about unsafe at any speed hmm. our cars would just explode at the slightest tap you hit the curb too hard it's, you know there are a lot of people who have some minor minor to medium severity accident and really fully expect their car to explode because of literally every movie, every and TV so show. so disappointed when it doesn't. Yeah, they run and dive on the ground, and then the car just doesn't do anything. <laughs> it just burns. Just... Maybe a tire pops. <laughs> That's about it. Um, Your wife comes in and goes, you want to see a car burning? And you go, yeah. And you look out the front window, and the car's burning. So Joe Petto makes 
remote control airplanes that actually shoot people. Uh-huh. Uh, the water pistols that shoot acid. Um, Which seems to affect you, but only briefly. Yeah. I thought maybe it was just lemon juice. Does Batman fight him? He I should. Wish. It's the only thing this movie was missing was Batman. Um, we find out that... Um, that, that we've wasted our evening. <laughs> yeah. You fall asleep and you miss the last 20 minutes of the movie and you seriously debate, should I go back? You went and back. And you do. You went back, didn't you? like, you? why? Why did I do that to <sighs> myself? It's like if you smelled rotten milk and you go back for another smell. The things you do for the listeners. I do. I do. I, I woke up and said, no, I need to know what happened. That's right. You're um, a pro. I am a pro, damn it. Uh, I made it all the way to the end. I sit through all the credits. There was no bumper at the end for <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 6. But it, you knew it was coming anyway. We find out Joe's a robot. Well, no. He he wasn't a robot, but his robot son dressed like him. That's what it was. End. He had a mask on. But he had killed his dad. Joe. That's right. Okay. So And then he tries to hump the woman who's uh the mom. But as uh, we find out later he's... Because he wants her to be his mom. So there's some incest yeah. for you. Yeah. It's not tastefully done like a European mm-hmm. but he's smooth, you know, fairy tale he, or anything. Nothing classy like that. <laughs> but he's smooth like a Ken doll. So yeah. it's not well, like So that's uh, okay then. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just saying whatever his idea is, it can't go that far. Not to say it's not still an assault because it is, but it's like, well, he's, eh, you know, he's only so capable of the assault. I did like his design because he did look like a G.I. Joe. He did. He he had like the, like a big naked G.I. Joe, the socket, the the arms, the ball and socket socket arms. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and at the very end, the last shot, some plastic face on the walls, eyes get little electrical. Little buzzes. Buzzes. And, zaps. and so you think, oh, maybe he's still alive. There's going to be a part six. There's going to be a part six. Well, listeners, there is a part six, but it has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, just like three and four. Yep. One and two bore some resemblance to one another, but. And I tried to start watching four. I just couldn't do it to myself. Just couldn't do it. No. Just, no. So you just No, I had watched It's a Wonderful Knife and then uh Silent Night, Deadly Night Five, kind of wow. twice. In one evening. In one evening. <gasps> wow. I don't know why I do these things. You have my respect. <laughs> I woke up with a hangover. I did like that uh Sarah stomped his head into pieces. Yes. Just like, boom. Came apart like cake. So that uh, effectively ended the whole problem. Except for, like you said, the the sparking, zapping eyes thing. But no matter what they did, we knew there was going to be part six. Yeah, whether it's related or not, that's it. Um, so this this wasn't great. This wasn't even good. <laughs> it wasn't even was, good. Wasn't even good. Uh, this was just barely bad. It was so much worse than that. Yeah. So obviously we don't recommend either one of these movies, which brings me to the question before we do the quiz, 
what do you recommend? What works for you for holiday horror or just a, you know, feel good Christmas movie? What do you, do you like anything? Kind no. Of, no. You mean movie wise? Yeah. Is there any, is there no, any? No, as main, well. Is there any mainstream <laughs> stuff you do like for Christmas? Christmas? Because I know you don't like anything Rankin Bass. No, I don't That's like half of them right there. Uh, I like Gremlins and It's a Wonderful Life. How about The Grinch? Do you like How the Grinch Stole Christmas? Uh, I mean, it's all right. I don't have anything against The Grinch, but I've seen it 400 million times and was in a play that used the audio in high school, so. Yeah. I don't really care to see The Grinch again. And the Jim Carrey movie, yeah. I think they showed to prisoners. Uh, Did they riot? (laughs) Yeah. They tried to show it to prisoners at Guantanamo. But then there was an injunction because they were torturing them with it? It was too far for George Bush's lawyers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like waterboarding, you know, we can can skate around that, but no way you can show the Grinch to people. Yeah, that's inhumane. (laughs) So, yeah, so what does work for you as far as like a movie where Christmas is involved. So you got gremlins. Do you like, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. I like, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. It's a commie Christmas movie. Capra. (laughs) No, it's a commie Christmas movie because you know, it's against capitalism and that was the charge against Capra. Yeah. Jimmy Stewart. Even though it was all, you know, really about coming home from after the war and, trying to fit back in with your your normal life and yeah it's not easy and and what are you going to do with uncle billy and his raven that's right quit letting them manage the money <laughs> and there's a great uh, bit of trivia for any any uh, listeners who you know want to have one up on people when they talk about it's a wonderful life uh, alfalfa from the little rascals is in it the, uh, he plays Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> no, he's the uh, he's the jealous guy that um, throws the lever that opens the uh, the gymnasium floor for the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. That, that's alfalfa. Yeah. So there you go. Outside of that, um, the off-screen commotion, the the crashing sound, you, you'll see Jimmy Stewart kind of wince and grin. Apparently, the actor really did crash into something and knock a bunch of shit over. So. That that's a an actual hmm. authentic reaction. I think that's all I got. There's some other stuff I'm sure, but I like that one. I watch it every year. Yeah, it's a good one. What about a Christmas Story? Uh, Overdone. Uh, yeah, at this point, I've seen it too many times. It's it's still enjoyable, I suppose, but I don't watch it that. Um, yeah, if you have to choose between. The two Bob Clark Christmas movies. You going with Black Christmas? Yeah. I think I would too. Maybe I'd watch a Christmas Carol. But the nineteen fifties one? Yeah. Is it fifty five, Julian? The Alistair Sim one? Yeah. Yeah. Fifty two. Fifty two? Okay. Off the top of my head. Yeah. He also does the narration on the early seventies animated one, which is good as well. Oh yeah, I remember. Mr. Magoo. (laughs) Not that one. So Julian, what what's your go to for uh, non horror? Yeah, well, uh, what are what are your horror ones, and then then the non horror? Well, Black Christmas, yeah, definitely. Uh, Gremlins, 
Yep. Um, if you count Christmas carols and the those two Alastair Sim ones. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely horror elements. They are ghost stories. Yeah. Um, but like a non-horror uh, White Christmas. Holiday Inn is the first movie that has White Christmas, the song. Mm-hmm. But there's there's this blackface sequence in it. Just, eh. Yeah, that, that could be and edited out. yet they out. didn't call it Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, do you do a White Christmas, Black Christmas mashup? Do you know, do you watch them back to back? That'd be a good idea. Or put the the soundtrack for one to mm-hmm. the to the video of the other. Yeah, so all the songs are done by Billy. <laughs> you can't understand them, but you know it's filthy and it's scary. A, it's called doing a gray Christmas when you put a gray Christmas, black Christmas, and white Christmas I on like at the same it. time. Oh, before I forget, did you catch the Wilhelm scream in Silent Night, Deadly Night Five? The one guy gets thrown down the stairs into the basement. I didn't notice it. It was a, it was a Wilhelm scream. I was probably screaming inside my own head. <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? Why did I pick this? <laughs> so, Jolien, what else? Um, School of the Holy Beasts. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There you go. That's that's right. The controversial. The one I <laughs> I feel terrible for having recommended. There's only got one line in it that makes it Christmas for me, but it's like <clears throat> chef's kiss. <laughs> um, yeah, Christmas. Uh, we watched the Snowman, the animated short. Yeah. Uh, Peanuts, Christmas. Yep, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. Uh, yeah, those are great. Um, for me, I think I do end up watching Black Christmas at least every couple years. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I I don't. I don't claim to watch it every single year, but um, I do watch A Christmas Story and It's a Wonderful Life, usually just because they're on and I'm doing something and I'll just say, all right. I don't think I've ever watched Christmas Story straight through. We just have it on that channel. It's on a loop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I've seen it in bits and out of order and it's very enjoyable, but I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. That's how I watched Blues Brothers. (laughs) Seen the whole thing, but not in order. Yeah, not like, all at once. It's a movie of bits, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like, oh, I I come in, I watch a little bit, get to the part I'd seen before, and then yeah. go on and do whatever. And at some point, you realize you have seen all of it. Uh huh. You're like, okay, I must have seen it all. Yeah. Uh, Bishop's Wife is a good one. Carrie oh, Brown. that is a good one. Mm. Yeah, I haven't I, watched that in a long time. I realized that when you were saying that earlier, I I don't think I've seen White Christmas in a while. So I'm probably due to watch that one again. Yeah, there's just not enough newer ones that I feel like they're all just trying to figure out a formula. Yeah, the last one I really liked was the Harold Kumar one. That is a good one. <laughs> I do like them. Horror movie Christmas, Anna and the Apocalypse was that was the good. Last good. That one. really yeah, was good. I enjoyed that one. Um, I used to really like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Are you over it now? I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, maybe re- they finally got a good copy. It seemed like for a while there, every year the copy got worse. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing to it. but Yeah, there were a lot of clicks and pops and scratches in the film. Yeah. And yeah. it was like a you know, VHS copy of a copy. Yeah. 
third gen copy copy at some point. It's not like it was obscure. It's not like it was that old. I think it fell out. Of, I think it was in public domain mm. at some point. Oh. I think that's what happened to it. Why it was shown every Christmas like It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a channel, I think on Freebie or Freebie that that's all they play for Christmas. So. Wow. Yeah, I always hit up the Rankin Bass stuff and Charlie Brown. Those are, those are kind of the comfort zone for me. And, uh, yeah, Gremlins. I mean, like I hadn't seen it for a few years and watched it again last year. Yeah. When we watched uh, this year, it was Kung Kong Christmas. Oh, yes, that was a good That's one. That's brilliant. Oh, she's so funny. Yeah. Shall we do the quiz? Sure. Let's hear it's it. The Christmas quiz. It is the Christmas quiz. Edit in the specially commissioned theme tune right now. We'll put in some jingle bells. Mm-hmm. All right. I have a stack of movies here, and I have questions related to them, and I try to veer the questions towards horror movies. All right. Yeah. All right. And uh, so let's commence the fight. I'm ready. Um, all right. To Catch a Thief. Cary Grant played Mortimer Brewster in which horror comedies co-starring Raymond Massey and Peter Laurie? Counting on Will to know this one. Who are the Peter Laurie and Raymond Massey? Raymond Massey from Things to Come. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yep, and Boris Karloff played the Raymond played played the character on the stage. Man, I got nothing. Nothing. I feel like it's right there. Um, there's a body in the window seat. Uh, there's houses run by a couple of sweet old ladies. Oh, arsenic and old ladies. Yeah, there you go. Damn, I would have never gotten that. Yeah. I'm glad you did. All right, Frenzy. One of the unfortunate women is played by Anna Massey, who rented a room in the house of a scopophiliac maniac in which 1960 horror film... Psycho. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other one that year? I just heard 1960 and blurted out Psycho. <laughs> 1960, great year for horror movies. You've got Psycho, Black Sunday, Horror Hotel... And you have this British one. I think this has been in a quiz before because I asked uh, what was the movie that finished off the careers of the uh, Arrow. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I buzzed in too early. Let's let's hear the original what, question again. What is scopophilia? Oh, this is this is someone who likes to um, <clears throat> look through telescopes. So, one of the unfortunate women is played by Anna Massey, who rented a room. In the house of a scopophiliac maniac in which 1960 horror Oh, oh uh, Peeping Tom. Yeah, Damn it. You got it as I was getting it. <laughs> Ooh, friends. All right. Topaz. John Vernon plays Rico Parra. What alien smiling circus psychos does he face when he played Officer Mooney? Killer clowns from outer space. That's right. Cleaning up here. Torn Curtain. John Vernon was in another Curtain movie where it's curtains for a bunch of people hoping for a curtain call. <laughs> I don't know, but this is, it's a well-worded question. Clues in the question. I can hear the listeners screaming from here. And we haven't even put the show on the air yet. Read it again. Torn Curtain. John Vernon was in another Curtain movie where it's curtains for a bunch of people hoping for a curtain call. Red Curtain. 
Just making up titles now. Don't, don't overthink it. Curtains. That's right. Oh. <laughs> I knew it had to be something like that. All right, torn curtain. It's the widescreen version. It's got hunky Paul Newman in it. I've got, uh, so the next one is rope. I've got one question which is for the filth podcast and one question for this podcast all right let's i'll go with a horror one first and then you can edit them okay all right mr kentley father of the victim is played by sir cedric hardwick who got to deal with a bunch of murderers in a 1972 anthology what was that anthology tales from the crypt yes and now i'll do the filth one yes yes which of these pink films titles is fake? I'll give you three. Catholic Nun Rope Hell. Catholic Nun Wet Rope Confessions. Hell Rope Catholic Nun. I'm going to go with B. A. No, the answer is none. None? Nah, none. <laughs> it's, oh, there's a joke that I could tell you guys, but I won't. All right. Is the one for the who got the tales from the crypt? Um, Lust for a Vampire. Love this. Jut Stensgard was in a British horror series of 1972, which shared its name with a British horror anthology film of 1945. What was that movie? What was the 1945 movie? British horror anthology, 1945. Got anything? Pardon my spooky. Uh, don't be a dummy. <laughs> Dead of Night. The, okay. The one with the dummy. Okay. Not seen it. Really? No. Not Dead Silence? <laughs> no, I've not seen it. The, the ventriloquist story? I mean, I've seen many of those, but I've not seen that okay. one. Okay, this is the one. Oh, okay. Wow. Dead of Night, 945. British what? anthology. Classic. Wow. All right, what do yeah. I do with this one then? Uh, I mean, uh, think he's not going to like it. You're probably right. Give the will. Um, that doesn't have any ventriloquists in it, though, does it? No. Boo. But it's got you to Stenskard in it, so. Oh, yeah. It makes up for everything. Uh, five Deadly Venoms. Stelvio Massi directed Five Women for the Killer, but which Giallo Maestro directed Five Dolls for an August Moon? Hmm... No, you're jolly. If you can name two maestros you, prob- of yeah, giallo, if, if we you'll each, know this name. If each one of us could name one, right? Dario Argento. And you name the other one. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> giallo directors. Name, name one. He made the first giallo movie. Bava. Oh, Bava. There you go. Mario Bava. There you go. Five Fingers of Death. Star Lo Lee was the lead in a 1982 horror film about a man with a peculiar crafting hobby. What is it called? A. Human skin doilies. B. Human skin oven gloves. Or C. Human skin lanterns. C. That's right. I think the oven gloves sounds funnier. King Boxer. Five Fingers of Death. This is a Shaw Brothers. And how's it going to work? <laughs> All right, then. Uh, the Flying Guillotine. In 1983, star Chen Quan Tai was in a horror film directed by Lo Li called 
Black Magic with Buddha, in which people are killed by something stolen from the body of a magic mummy. Was it A, the mummy's eye, B, the mummy's brain, or C, the mummy's willy? A. I'm going to say C. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> now it is B, the mummy's brain. It's a Damn killer, it. It's a killer brain movie. Oh, man. Unless you're a dime a dozen, I should have guessed it. All right, five, that one. Here we go. Ooh, the flying guillotine. All right. It's a good one. Uh, we'll get back to Hitchcock in a, in a second. The Italian job. Uh-huh. Star Michael Caine was menaced by this body part in a 1981 movie. The hand. Yeah, there you go. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. All right, bonus question okay whose hand was it in the movie drawing the comic oh yeah that was um barry windsor smith oh really i wasn't gonna get that no idea yep all the close-ups of the hand drawing uh, barry windsor smith oh very cool there you go uh all right back to hitchcock i was gonna say drew struzan is that his name he's the poster artist yeah that's what i was gonna say uh jamaica in a very fishy 1982 horror film was shot in Jamaica by James Cameron. Piranha 2. Yeah. There you go. The Piranha Inc. The Man Who Knew Too Much 1956 version stars James Stewart and Doris Day, but which horror great starred in the 1934 version? 34? Yeah. We've had his name already in this quiz. Oh, Boris Karloff. Is it? No. Peter Laurie. Peter oh, Laurie. Okay. Those are the only two. Here, let's put that in the other pile. Uh, murder. Murder. Uh, murder uses Wagner's Tristan und Isolde on the soundtrack, but which eye-straining film used that music first? What year was this that they used it? Murder was in 1930. One, I think. 31. And the first movie to use it was 1929. Eye straining. Surrealists. Yeah. Pixies did a song about it. I can't. Andalusian. Andalusia. Yeah. Oh, I was not going to get that. All right. Slicing up eyeballs. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know the title of it. I just. Yeah. Um, let's see. Strangers on a Train Not the only Alfred Hitchcock film for Leo G. Carroll But what was his only Anthropoid film? Tarantula Yeah ah. In which he was over a barrel <laughs> As the song goes Alright, here's a little known one called Psycho Psycho? I've got two different versions of this <laughs> and I bought one that's... <laughs> Any of them the Gus Van Sant? No. <laughs> Remake? I did not have that one. You don't, Sorry. You don't want anything to do with it unless it's that one? Yeah. Uh, Psycho was scored by Bernard Herrmann. Mm-hmm. Shortly before Herrmann died, he brought a cute little horror movie soundtrack into the world. What was it? Ants. <laughs> Ants? Right here. Damn. Shortly before Banana Herman died, he brought a cute little horror movie soundtrack into the world. 
Oh. Wow. I don't know, man. What um, sort? Of, what, what would people be talking about if someone brought a cute little something into the world? See, that's why I was thinking gremlins. Um, baby. What was it? I don't know. It's alive. Oh, okay. Oh shit! I wasn't gonna get that either. Here, let's put this over here. All right. Here's another psycho. Uh, psycho. The second murder we see is of Milton Arbogast. Mm-hmm. And Martin Balsam played Mr. Pym in the second story of a double-story film helmed by two directors. What was it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, the second murder we see is of Milton Arbogast and Martin Balsam played Mr. Pym in the second story of a double-story film helmed by two directors. Two-headed monster? Right number. <laughs> second floor. I don't know. Um, no idea. Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, um, Telltale Heart. I don't know. Fall of the House of Usher. <laughs> we just keep naming pearls. Two, two, two tales. Um, A tale of two horrors. Shall I tell you the directors' names? Sure, go ahead. Romero Argento. Nothing. Two evil eyes. Oh fuck! I just looked at that title like. Literally in archive earlier. All right, we have a Alfred Hitchcock presents volume two. All right, just get that well now. <laughs> You're gonna know this well. Um, okay. Alfred Hitchcock presents. During his years directing in Britain, Hitchcock bet a property man he wouldn't dare to spend the night in a dark studio chained to a camera. To give the man courage. Hitchcock gave him a bottle of brandy. Wasn't that a nice present? <laughs> but what else was in the bottle? A finger. I don't know. An eyeball. Think about how cruel Alfred Hitchcock could get. With his oh, practical jokes. Alfred Hitchcock's presents. Mm, I have no... A spider? So this poor guy was chained himself in a dark studio... Chain himself up to a, a camera. Laxative? Yes. Oh, oh God, really? Okay. I was thinking a spider would have been pretty awful. He, and he probably didn't even think about bathroom breaks. And speaking of Peter, Peter Laurie, when they met up, they both had a similar sense of humor and they were pranking each other like crazy. Oh, man. Um, oh. Yeah, so Hitchcock had a horse delivered to Peter Laurie's room and Peter Laurie had a bunch of uh, singing birds delivered to Hitchcock's room at three in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, we've got Rear Window. Rear Window is a 1954 film in which James Stewart looks out of his window at Raymond Burr. Mm -hmm. That same year was the debut of which big movie star whom Raymond Burr watched from a window? Raymond Burr watched from a window? Mm-hmm. Rear Window is a 1954 film in which James Stewart looks out of his window at Raymond Burr. That same year was the debut of which big movie star whom Raymond Burr Godzilla. watched from a the window? There you go. Oh, jeez, of course. Shadow of a Doubt. In Joseph Cotton's first horror film of the 1970s, he's plagued with biblical vengeance in which Vincent Price movie? We covered this one, didn't we? 
I don't think we've... What is he at? 72? 71. Okay. In Joseph Cotton's first horror film in the 1970s, he's plagued with biblical vengeance in which Vincent Price movie. They both play doctors. Fibes. Dr. Fibes. Yeah. Uh, that was close. So obviously you got a um, an Alfred Hitchcock set, a boxed set. Oh yeah. Okay, that's why I've, I've got several. Yes. Okay. Uh, all right, saboteur. In the circus scene, the conjoined twin is played by Gene Roma. Everyone knows that. Who went on to be the host of Fright Night on TV in the 1950s? Okay. What was her Luna Leonardo horror host name? Um, da Vinci Moon. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> We've got the right celestial body here. Right. Moon. Think of a famous painting by Mona Lisa. There you go. <laughs> That's funny. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Mona Lisa. Saboteur. All right, The Trouble with Harry. Not many to go now. Um, the Trouble with Harry, debut of Shirley MacLaine, whose only theatrical horror film was in 1972, which involved what happening to Joel Delaney? Murder. <laughs> I was thinking murder was pretty obvious. Most movies have murder in them. No, no. Well, right. Um... This is 1972. So the next year, a certain movie came out which made this particular thing happening very popular. Exorcism. Possession. Possession. Okay. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> the possession of Joel Delaney. All right. Family Plot is a is Alfred Hitchcock's final film and the first and only one to be scored by a composer coming off of a few big disasters. What was his name? We're talking Black Sunday. We're talking Airport. No. Towering Inferno. Yes. <laughs> okay. Towering Inferno. Earthquake. Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. To, it's hard to narrow it down in the disaster-ridden seventies. Well, short a couple of years later, he became very famous for other kinds of movies. Yes. So that was Williams, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. John ah, Williams. John, John Williams. Williams. Okay. Yeah. I was like. Uh, Figured I was going to be wrong, but no. All right, last three. Marnie. Star Wars. Bruce Dern of the crime film Family Plot was also in Marnie. But between the two, he was grafting in a 1971 double feature horror flick. What was it? What year? 71? 72. 71, yeah. 71. So Bruce Dern was grafting in a 1971 double feature horror flick. This is the two-headed yes, creature. the incredible two-headed transplant. That's it. All right. You're like Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern. And no, <laughs> I've seen Bruce Dern in a horror movie recently. Yes. All right. Under Capricorn. Under Capricorn refers to the line named after a Zodiac sign. Which horror sequel features a killer named after Gemini? Which horror movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Which horror sequel features a killer named after Gemini? Nothing? Nothing's coming to me. Wow. 
I, I, I got nothing either. Uh, Gemini Man. Played by Brad Dourif. Oh. oh. God damn it. Exorcist 3. Oh, oh fuck. Seriously? Yes. There was, right. a, there was a Gemini killer in Exorcist yeah, 3? Yes. Killer. That's All right. All right. Last one. The birds. The boids. The discovery of Farmer Dan Force's body is filmed as a triple inline cut. Which was the first film to use this? What is a triple inline cut? It's where you, you you stay in line. You're you're along the same axis, mm-hmm. getting closer and closer, but it's three cuts instead of a zoom. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's not a smooth like, zoom. Bat, bat, bat. Yeah. First movie to feature that? Yeah. It's the reveal of a major character. 1931 horror classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, 31? Yeah, so it's either Frankenstein or Dracula. So which of those characters is revealed in three? Dracula. No. No? Frankenstein. Is it? Oh. Yeah, okay. when he comes through the door and he's backing in, and turns around and then it's cut, cut, cut into the face. Yeah, because the, the initial reveal, you don't see him. He's he's bandaged. He's covered. Okay. Yeah. Well, damn. All right. Inline cut. All right. Let's put that in the in the other pile. There you go. There you go. Well, it wasn't easy. I got <laughs> no. a few. I got a few of them, and it was just, you know. My mind went blank at some question. That was too it. much nog. Too much nog. Not enough nog. I think is what's going so on. Are you going to come up with a quiz that I can do so that you can prove I'm stupid? We will come up with a quiz. Okay. You, can do. you know what? Um, when we go well, to... All the movies I have are movies you've given me, so... Okay. So you better get oh, them so all I'll right. Double ashamed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I probably only have maybe three movies that I've actually purchased. Well, just do a quiz. You don't have to give anything. Well, then what's the point? I'll give out points, okay? Okay. And then we'll throw them all away at the end and just do one final question to win it all. All right. It'll be good exposure. It'll be good exposure. <laughs> all those You'll points. You'll win exposure points. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can write quiz questions. I just don't know uh, if I could if I could write uh, the ones where you've got the, the clue in the question like that. Um, I'll work on it, though. I'm just trying to think of what would be a good, what would be a good theme for the quiz. Just not general film knowledge, right? We we would want to maybe when we do the wintry three episode where we talk about three different wintry movies. Yeah, we do something like that. You could ask me about winter sports. I wouldn't get any. Yeah, yeah. I I, could, I couldn't even tell you what the one is uh, called where they ski and shoot, which I think is hilarious. It's like okay, you're skiing with a gun over your shoulder. It's just a biathlon. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Two, two sports mixed together. It sounds Two obvious great. sports that belong together. I've often thought of going snowshoeing with and a, shooting at the same time would be a lot of fun. Super safe to be around snow with a thing that makes big booms. Well, you don't what get could go wrong? mountains. Oh, you don't want to? Okay, fair enough. You know, I was thinking you'd go out and hunt hare. You wouldn't <laughs> actually shoot any because you don't want to kill anything, but it's fun to shoot. <laughs> And walk around in the snow. Yeah. In horrible snowshoes that are damn near impossible to walk in. Yeah. Better idea? Stay home. And shoot? Yeah. All these people... Just from the couch out the front door. People love that. (laughs) Yeah, they do. The mailman. 
he looks for it now. He's, <laughs> he's strapped and he's looking to fire back. All of these people who end up getting rescued from these horrible situations could have avoided the whole thing by not going to these dangerous places and doing these dangerous things. Oh, this guy was cave diving and something awful happened. You know why? He was cave diving. <laughs> yeah, well, there's yeah, a... Yeah, cave diving seems like a bad, bad idea all around. Yeah. I listened to a podcast called Out Alive. Because you get drowning and claustrophobia all at once. Mixed together. <laughs> yeah, I don't like and, either of those. And there's certain cave diving situations where they stir up the silt by accident, and then they get disoriented as well. Mm-hmm. So that super helps. Um, yeah, Out Alive has things where, like, when you when you hear, they'll do a little edit at the beginning where you'll hear, like, a snippet from the story. And there's this one guy who goes, and then I saw the rope zipping through the rappel ring. And I'm thinking, well... The first thing you did wrong was go rappelling. You were at a cliff that you didn't have to jump off of, and you jumped off of it with a rope, and then something went wrong. Well, that could have been avoided. Could have. It wasn't like, oh, we're stuck here and we need to rappel down to safety. It's never that. You're always heading toward danger, so just stop it. All right. Yeah. That's been another episode of chewing the filth <laughs> right so uh we got a dirty a... movie podcast <laughs> so no one's probably still Where listening we three strangers get together <laughs> and not look each other in the eye <laughs> <laughs> considering that no one's probably still listening at this point uh i'm gonna go ahead and reiterate this anyhow. point being seven eight years now <laughs> right <laughs> um let's let muffler man drive by again He's, he's a local drug dealer that has a loud muffler. You'd think he'd not want to attract attention to himself. How do you know he's a drug dealer? I've seen him. I know what he's doing. Have you bought from him? Let's just say no. Do you really know if he's a drug dealer <laughs> if you haven't bought from him? I wouldn't buy the kind of drugs he's selling. Oh. But I've seen other he's people. He's just an entrepreneur trying to make it in the world. Yeah. What could go wrong? I mean. Get shot by some of the uh, enemy drug dealers? That's only because they've made it illegal. If he could go to court. And sue for these things. He wouldn't have to shoot rival drug dealers. No, I think they're going to shoot him. Either way, they could take him to court then. I think they shot his muffler. Is why it's so loud. Oh, they missed him. They hit the muffler. And now he's. They're like, they'll hear you coming. You'd think if you were selling drugs, you could afford to buy a new muffler. Mm, you'd think. I think Maybe. he's just bad at his job. Oh, could be. I got a little sidetracked there on the drug dealer. And we have we ever been on track on this show? <laughs> I would say no. Have uh, we even been in the station? <laughs> Never mind on the train itself. Uh, okay. So some more episodes will come out a bit out of sequence. So we'll probably out of sequence. Yeah. So we'll take we'll take a little bit of a uh, little bit of time off, and then we'll come back strong with some excellent shows. <laughs> I hope they're out of sequence within the episodes themselves too. You have disdain for the listeners, don't you? Yeah, I hate that one guy. You know who you are, Jeff. <laughs> Big Jeff. Big Jeff. Oh. I imagine Big Jeff is spelled J-E-F. Yeah. There's no, no G, Joff or Jeff proper with two Fs. It's yeah. J-E-F. He's, he's big. Who's going to stop him? Yeah. Who's going to be like, hey, why do you spell your name wrong? Get a smack for that. 
<laughs> so, uh, any big plans for uh, Christmas holiday, Will? You gonna just watch movies and do nothing? I'm gonna hunt down the muffler man and buy some drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a hell of a Christmas. That's right. I wish he sold something cool like peyote. That would be so fucking. You know awesome. what? Crack and Christmas go together like egg and nog. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, Besides, crack gets you real high. Yeah, for a second. Yeah, it lasts longer than that, but then you waste all your money on it. That's the yeah, problem. That is the problem, right? Yeah. Oil custom- handed out it free somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Julian, you got any big plans? No, make trifle tomorrow, watch Black Christmas, and then make it through Christmas Day itself. You going to make in, make any homemade eggnog? Some kind of stupor. Uh, it's making a trifle oh, yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah, um, not really. Because <laughs> I can trifle? make it. I, I got my recipe up on Facebook as usual. Oh right. So, I mean, trifle is just throwing stuff in, you know. Yeah, I know. It's just. I was making fun of the name being a trifle. Yes. It's not trouble at all. It's just <laughs> a trifle. It's like a. Now seven. I want a trifle. Yeah. You could probably get a seven-layer dip at the uh, grocery store. That's not, not the same thing. The same, no. no. Your trifle doesn't have beans and onions in it, does it? No, not usually. <laughs> I did that one year. Didn't go over well. <laughs> Layer of fruit this year: beans and onions. <laughs> Hope you like it with the Jello. And the grapes. <laughs> and the grapes. Bit of gravy over the top. And the gravy. Mm, that thick brown gravy on your truffle. Mm, so good. Put a few mushrooms in there. Yeah. Fantastic. Don't wait till they're slimy, though. Get get fresh ones and use them soon. Yeah. I've seen way too many recipes where people are just dumping in slimy mushrooms. Don't let it get past that point. Man, we have a good podcast. I can't believe we don't have more <laughs> listeners. You know what? I think I'm going to find a new podcast to be on. <laughs> you should. Oh my god. I'll just start a new one and it'll be just like this I, one. I was telling my I was telling my doctor cuz he's a horror movie fan. It's a disturbing number of doctors and nurses are horror movie fans I've found. Um I'm going to move this part to the beginning. Go ahead. Good. Uh Dr. Muffler. Dr. Muffler, what did he say? Oh, he was asking about the podcast, and I said, I I think every week, or I hope every week, that we've run out of horror movies. <laughs> and he's like, well, you could change it up. And I was like, well, maybe comedies. So, yeah, comedies. We, we, we could. could talk about comedies. We could. Although it's really hard to be funny about comedies. Mm, that's true. You know? But if it's a bad comedy, it's much worse than a it, bad right? anything else. Yeah, a bad comedy is just about the worst thing ever. It's just... They're trying to be funny, and they're not. I mean, I could edit this down to a tight seven minutes, and it'll just sound just perfect. Yeah. Isn't that what you usually do? No. No, he... I just edit out the coughs and the awkward silences. Sneezes, and he adds them into other parts of the show. (laughs) Just put them all all at the end of the show in a row. (laughs) (laughs) The outtakes are just coughs and ums. You know, here's something that you should know, though. When I'm editing, <laughs> see, like that. Um, um, no, when I'm editing, uh, I am sometimes surprised at 
Like we'll talk about some movie that we were all a little bit lukewarm on and I'll listen back to it and it'll be like, it's actually pretty funny. It's, it's a pretty lively conversation a lot of times. So when I tell people so, about our show, you know, a show like this, it's, this episode's just went off is what you're saying. It's, hey, we're just getting together for Christmas and just hanging out. Yeah. That's all this one is. We tried to talk about a couple of movies. Not our fault. They sucked. Yeah, I had nothing to do with either of those films. Same here. Like, we watched them, they sat there and sucked, and we sat there like a couple of chumps and watched them. <laughs> and then we were expected to come out and, and like, give the listeners gold. Mm-hmm. Well, the movie wasn't gold. The movie wasn't even tin. So what are you going to do? They're often better, I imagine, when we don't like the movies. I know we mm-hmm. talk more when we don't like the movies. Whereas we talk about something like, when Evil Lurks was good. What? Yeah, okay. We talked about that one. It was a good movie. You know, but... Yeah, it was a perfectly fine conversation. That one, yeah, we probably talked more about that. Some in the past, like, you know, we love this movie anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I really like this one. Here's 50 minutes of us talking about Did... anything else. Yeah. Which a lot of podcasts I listen to do exactly that. Unless, you know, you're listening to something where you want to hear somebody's, you know, analysis of some murder case or, well, let's say hypothetically some president getting assassinated, you know, like you want facts and you want numbers and you want all that stuff. Something like this. I want tangents and (laughs) running jokes. Side tracks. Side tracks and ums and ahs and coughs and (laughs) all of that. Yeah. Well, all that being said, we get a little bit of time off, a couple weeks, and then we'll come back strong. New year, we're going to turn over a new leaf. It's all Indian movies from now on. All right. Just Bollywood. Yeah. We can do it. Why don't we start out the new year with a Bollywood horror? Okay. Okay. We can find one. I've got loads. (laughs) Menengkal. The killer, I think it's yeah, called Mahakal. Mahakal the monster. Mm-hmm. Mahakal the monster. If you want, it's silly. I'll warn you now. It's silly. Well, imagine Freddy Krueger, like telling me that there's a silly Bollywood movie. Imagine, okay, so imagine great value, Freddy Krueger, <laughs> and there's some singing and dancing involved. Well, personally, I think more movies need singing and dancing in them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it could help. That's why you like Dan and the Apocalypse hurt. so much. Maybe, you yeah. know, yeah, singing and dancing in it. Well, we've been doing this for long enough. Should Mainly, we just... I'm just I want I want a Marvel movie that's a musical where they're putting on a show. Yeah, to save the you know Dazzler town made it to the screen. Yeah, the town playhouse or wherever they put on their shows. It's going to be torn down by a real estate developer. An evil and then all the Avengers are going to be out on the street, nowhere to put on their shows. Yeah. All that talent going to waste. Yeah. I just want tap dancing Iron Man. Or, or a Dazzler on the Hulk doing putting on the Ritz. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like this I idea. You could do the Dazzler. That'd be a Marvel movie, make it all a musical. Mm-hmm. A disco musical. Yeah. I watched The Apple again. Have you ever seen that oh, movie? Yes. Have you seen that? You don't like musicals, but... I don't, and Joe Bob Briggs told me that was one of his hidden gems. 
<laughs> Lord, it's it should be hidden. Yeah. Really, hidden away. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, he, he he didn't say he liked it so much as he kind of admired its weirdness. It's bizarre. Yeah. That's why I've watched it a couple times, because it's just... Yeah, I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. It's a biblical disco musical set in a dystopian future. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. With gay undertones. They're not what? undertones at all. Oh, they're, just gay tones. They're surface level. <laughs> just tones. <laughs> they're tones, yeah. yeah. Uh, text, not subtext. Yeah, it's just text at this point. Right. God shows up at the end. Oh, wonderful. some hippies. Yeah, the hippies are the good guys, of course. Hmm. Yeah, I like it better when they're creeps. Creepy hippies. Yeah. yeah. Dirty creeps. Dirty creeps. That's what hippies. I want from a hippie. I saw that they had the uh, uh, Dennis Ray Steckler box set there at the... <laughs> at the archive? At, at the archive with like 20 movies. I didn't even know the man made 20 movies. I think oh, he yeah. had about five of them, but... There's a whole series of awful, weird movies I haven't seen out there from him. There's there's more available than anybody should want to watch. And I mean in terms of quality, not quantity. There's just more like bad shit that's been restored to such a lovely condition and put in such nice packaging. But why? I don't know if they could answer that question if we asked it. <laughs> But they do it One anyway. of them sold well, so they keep doing it till they stop selling. Or they know that they're collectors out there that will that will buy anything. Uh huh. Until they kept till they stop buying them, they quit selling them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. The answer is always money. <laughs> Follow. Why them. is somebody doing something in this country? The answer is always money. Sex or money. Even at this point, yeah, it's, it's just, just money. money. Just yeah. money. Because with that money, they could, they could attract... Yeah, it, sex isn't enough anymore. It's just the money. Yeah. Well... Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, Happy everybody. Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy your time. 